0: Welcome to Baby Wearing Southwest Carrying and Parenting Podcast. This episode, I was lucky enough to be able to go and visit this lady in her stunning cottage next to a roaring fire, so you may hear some of the crackles in the background. Hayley is um, my yoga teacher, but she is so much more than just a yoga teacher. She is empowering and is an image of strength and very much, in my eyes, a warrior. I hope you enjoyed the episode. So, welcome, Hayley. Would you like to introduce yourself, um, who you are, what you do? Hi everyone,
1: my name's Hayley. I am a yoga teacher and I also teach workshops around women's well-being and I'm also a single mother to my beautiful son who is nearly 15 years of age.
0: Wow, you've survived 15 years of parenthood. Just, Just. by the skin of my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Josh was four, uh, nearly four and... um,
1: I'm exactly. dreading
0: I'm dreading when he's going to be 15 some of the things that he comes out with now it's um it's yeah it's uh, a challenge but people say every every stage is a different challenge isn't it most definitely
1: I, I, I think if I'm totally honest with Jaden and how you know obviously how I've seen him evolve and change over the years the teenage phase has been the most challenging why do you think that is hormones Hormones. (laughs) (laughs) in a nutshell yeah Yeah. and also going from this kind of I've watched him go from this child into this man child phase Mm. into this young adult phase now um you know now he's taller than me now the voice is very deep you know and because he's taller he thinks he can boss me around and you know it's it's not cool to hug me anymore it's not cool for me to call him all my little pet names anymore i'm just an embarrassment and Mm. have to drop him halfway up the road not where his friends are so
0: his friends can't see me (laughs) yes it's very different oh bless because he was quite a mummy's boy wasn't
1: he yeah he's we've always had a really really um a really special bond Mm. really close bond and um, and he still is a mummy's boy to a certain extent, just not in public. Just not in public, <laughs> um, and you know he's just at that age where he's trying to really establish his identity and who he who he is as a, as a young man. Yeah. So I think you know because you've only got sisters, haven't you? I've got I've got sisters and I've got half brothers. A half brothers. Yeah. Okay. But they don't really spend a lot of time around. Yeah. You know around us. Yeah. So it literally is just me and Jay.
0: Because. My family is mainly female in my side and Pat's side. Okay. So um, I've never really experienced the whole boy thing. The boy thing. Really.
1: Wow, you got this all to come. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Where shall I start? With a dirty bedroom Uh, that has things growing in it? Oh, no, (laughs) no, no. Abby
0: has that too. Um, I have
1: heard that girls can be like that.
0: My sister, I'll never forget my sister, Uh, I think the dog had got into her room and somehow managed she must have had a bag of flour for cooking or whatever and the dog had broken open this bag of flour oh, no. all over her floor which also had the consistency of her wardrobe and oh. it was just oh. disgusting and I think I have times have also been pretty revolting so it's not just a boy thing. okay no okay no I think children in general are just a bit disgusting when they get teenagery.
1: yeah even before because i remember Jaden like going into his room and thinking what the heck is this smell in here like for like days after days after days and then like a week or so later i'm like right this is it i need to do something pulling out all the drawers to try and find what it is. And there's there's like, you know, moldy tuna sandwiches that he's not eaten from his packed lunch that he's shoved in the back of the drawer rather than tell me he hadn't eaten his packed lunch. So yeah,
0: that's- That is is gross. Tuna sandwiches. That is That is absolutely (laughs) gross. So what was it like when he was little? So sort of your early parenting days, what was that like? <clears throat> if you can remember that far, because that must feel like a bit of a lifetime again.
1: Yeah, um, almost feels like it's it's two different people that I'm going to talk about. But um, I was really blessed. I have to say, I was really blessed with what I call a Zen baby.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, when Jaden was born, he didn't cry.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the first time he cried was when we put him in his car seat to take him home. So yes. The whole night on yeah. the, you know, the kind yeah. of maternity ward, he just lay in his fish tank. Like this little <laughs> angelic being. Oh. Um, and that was really, it really was a sign of things to come because he continued to be like that. He continued to be this very chilled out, calm, happy child. And and I really kind of put that down to, you know, all of the exercise that I did when I was pregnant. So the walking, the meditation, the swimming, the yoga, yeah. um, all of those types of things, listening to classical music yeah. and, um, and, you know, and, and talking to him entire yeah. time so yeah so that was that was really lovely that was really lovely i remember that that whole from baby aged to toddler and beyond he was just this he was just a great kid and i can't he didn't even have the terrible twos <clears throat> didn't even go through that phase
0: so the teenage years are going to be extra hard for that's you why he's it, paying that now, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <all> now. <laughs> um so do you think that he was just he was just always going to be zen or do you think actually Because of the kind of person that you are, and the kind of mum that you were when he came along, that that impacted on his zenness.
1: See, I don't believe that I've really had an impact on that um, from maybe from like a mental perspective. Yeah. Because I am literally 150 miles an hour. Yes. You know, bonkers. Hmm. crazy all like all the time like you know I'm always flitting from one thing to the next I'm like I'm Dory personified you know I'm doing (laughs) one thing and then I'm like distracted by something else and I go back why is that drawer open oh yes (laughs) I was doing that you know so it's like you know I I'm very much all over the place and I'm quite hectic within my own character and my own personality so he's I'm very typical of a fire sign he's an earth sign and he's he's very grounded in that respect so I'm not quite sure where he gets that from maybe the yoga and the meditation and that type of thing you know the kind of you know wanting to live well helped to influence to a certain extent Mm -hmm. but um but yes the truth is
0: that I'm very different to that (laughs) (laughs) so what was it like becoming a mother so you've got this beautiful zen baby Mm. what what was it like for you though as a mum and a person who is like Dory who's always all <laughs> over the place um getting distracted obviously when you have a tiny baby yeah sat there as well kind of how how was that
1: I think probably for my the same as with most people in the beginning the sleep deprivation was the worst thing yeah I've ever experienced in my life I was I'd literally just turned 26 um, a month before I had Jaden, mm. So I was still, you know, I was still really quite young. My friends were still partying and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, and, and along comes this this small being and I'm like, right, okay, so which way up? Where's the instruction booklet? <laughs> How do I do this? Um, but I kind of just, I just allowed him to lead me. yeah, And I just, I just went along with what seemed to feel right for him yeah. at that time.
0: yeah. I call call it, I'm really, I'm not a fan of parenting labels. Yeah. People say, well, I am this type of parent. Yes, yeah. I didn't read any of the parenting books. Neither did I, um, yeah. Because I figured the baby's not going to have read them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So why am I? True. Um, And I, there was, before I became a parent, I was very clear on the kind of parent I didn't want to be. Yes some of those things, um, I laugh at myself now. <laughs> uh, but other of those things, actually, it led me to, it gave me the confidence to kind of actually just follow my gut and my baby. Yes. And just kind of listen to them and read them and respond to them. Mm. Uh, and I, I like to call it a responsive parenting. Yes, that makes so much sense. And I think actually, when you are responding to a child's needs, that they are showing in their non-communicative, like verbal communicative way, you are, you're kind of eliminating the need for them to be upset. So yeah. actually you're supporting that Zen feeling. So mm-hmm. although you as a person may be hectic, the fact that you were so focused on responding to him, he didn't have to be frantic because no. you're just there. Yeah. Just there, meeting Absolutely. his needs. So what do you think, other than the sleep deprivation, which, you know, kills us all, <laughs> doesn't it, Jeff? <laughs> was there um, any, any other kind of things that were challenges for you as a new mum?
1: As a new, yes, because my relationship with my son's dad was quite um, volatile. Yeah and very up and down and very in and out and i actually spent the majority of the time that i was with him in inverted commas actually living on my own with Jaden. so i yep. was in essence like a single parent yep um and i was very much a single parent um a lot of the time when we weren't together yeah um that was probably the most difficult part that i felt like i you know it was it was all of my responsibility and yeah. and i was you know dealing with this small human all by myself and i didn't have anybody to kind of um bounce you know ideas off or kind of offload offload and you know and share things with that's probably for me was yeah the most challenging thing
0: and also i can imagine that why is it you're left holding all of that responsibility yeah. you can't just walk get out the door and just walk away well apparently so <laughs> um apparently yes. they can because he just you know just get up and just go that yeah. must be quite kind of like well I actually have no choice yes because this person is like 100% reliant on someone and absolutely I now have that as a job so there have got to be an element of I don't know resentment anger frustration and then to not let that impact upon your feeling on yourself Mm -hmm. because you're quite from what I've known of you you are quite hard on yourself yeah I think yeah um and any negative thought you then feel bad for yeah which then becomes a cycle Mm -hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) did you experience much of that in Mm -hmm. those especially those earlier days when you're learning to be that single parent
1: um I mean I think I think most parents beat themselves up, don't they, for the things that they feel that, where their imperfections lie as a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I shouldn't have snapped, or I shouldn't have told them off, and they're only small, or, you know, or I could have handled that better. You know, like, you know, and it's just, it's just that kind of vicious cycle that we get ourselves into and this horrible voice that goes around in the head. But you somehow have to learn to kind of accept that, you know what, there is no rule book when it comes to parenting. No, there is. You know, every every child is unique. Every parent is unique. You know, yep. the the relationship that you have is is very much unique between the two of you. So you yep. just have to do the best that you can with what you have in that moment. Yeah. But I think the most the most challenging part for me at that point was. I, you know I'd gone from somebody who was was working and you know I I had kind of like a, a hobby singing and writing that was very yeah. much had been a part of my life at that to that point for 10 years and all of that changed when I became a mother I yeah. lost who was Hayley yeah you know I that's that's probably the most challenging part aside from being the single parent and having to deal with all of the single parenting aspects yeah of it um, I just forged ahead because, like you, you talked about strength a moment ago, there's this inner strength that, you know, that's your child. You've brought this human into this world, and you would absolutely do anything for them. So it's a proper mama bear. It literally is like a wolf yeah. and her cub. You yeah. know, you know that 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 strength comes from nowhere, and it yeah. doesn't matter. All of a sudden, you find this resilience that you never knew you had. Mm. But it was hard losing you you know losing you know yourself in that process and you have to rediscover okay well who am I now what is my identity now that
0: I'm a mum and I'm a single mum and at what point did you really realize you felt you'd lost your identity
1: um probably about I would say about two he was coming up for around two yeah um so the first, the first year or so, it was quite nice to be off of work. Yeah. Um. At the at that time, I was doing a job which I didn't particularly love. I was good at, but didn't love. Yeah. Um and um yeah so the thought of oh okay going off on maternity leave oh i'm never coming back you know it's like yeah oh this is I great that too yeah, yeah <laughs> this is great but then you don't realize that there's only so much tweenies and teletubbies and balamori that it, yes. which is what it all was back yeah. then that yeah. you can I'm still you know um in the night garden yeah <laughs> that you can take and it's just like right now i'm i'm going to stare crazy now like yeah you know what do i need what can yeah. i give to myself and and even though I I was living in London at the time, and and people think, well, you're in a big city, and it's full of people, and it's full of all these groups, and all the rest of it. Yes, but it's not a community like what's going to say. Here. Are you able
0: to really? Are you regularly seeing the same people? You can go to a group, but if there's that many people and there's that some there's that much choice, does there become that kind of consistent building of a community? I mean, round here you are limited yeah to where you can go on Mm. what day of the week and it's kind of the only option for every parent within a certain radius so every parent goes so you can build that relationship because you're seeing each other every week yeah but i can imagine in london you probably could go you meet someone you think you might connect with and then never see them again absolutely that's exactly how it is that's exactly how
1: it is so being being a parent being a single parent in a big city like that when none of your other friends have got kids yeah so none of my friends i was the first yeah
0: um it, it, it was quite isolating
1: yeah. yeah for sure
0: so what did you do that so around two you lost who you, you realized you'd lost yeah. kind of your identity and at this point they're able to talk and walk and express their demands um which is where i think <clears throat> that need for that self-identity comes mm. into play a little bit more, especially yeah. if you are at home a hundred percent of the time, full-time parenting, and we're all full- time parents, even if you have a full- time job, we're all full- time parents, but being at home, people sometimes used to say to me, "I'm so envious." That you are a stay-at-home mum. Yes, um, I've heard that. <laughs> and mm-hmm,
1: grass isn't always greener. <laughs> no,
0: I think it's different. They both have their own. You know, I'm. I feel very privileged that I've been able to be a yeah. stay-at-home mum, and mm-hmm. I've made that choice. Yes,
1: I, I hear that.
0: Um, however, that need for finding your identity definitely suddenly becomes more of a priority at around two, when the two-year-old demands sort of kick in, and that's yeah. two years of actually giving everything and isolation and they nap less so you have less of that actual miniature snippets of you time which mm-hmm. I don't think we realize we have until we lose it completely yeah, yeah
1: absolutely <laughs>
0: so <laughs> what did you do at that kind of point of right i I need to rediscover who I am and
1: I went back to work yeah so um so Jaden would have been around two and a half yeah um and a half years old I think and I made the decision to go back to work full-time oh wow yeah I threw myself back in to the um to the career that I was doing before and found an amazing nursery for him to go to which he absolutely loved so that made me feel better yeah you know
0: because um, how did it make you feel the fu- I mean obviously you were clearly looking forward to going to work but how did it feel about putting him in nursery?
1: Um, I think I was torn. Like, on the one hand, I felt ready, and I could see that he was ready. Yeah. You know, he was a bright boy, and he needed the stimulation, and he loved being around other kids. Yeah. Um, but then the other hand, it was like this part of me that's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so used to being just the two of us at home, and, yeah. you know, it's been really comfortable. But you don't grow when you're sat in your comfort zone. So yeah. I had to kind of, you know, really make that transition and just you know and just put myself out there because for my you know for my own mental well-being yeah. it got it was at the point where it was like you know i'm really struggling i can't i can't do this anymore i, yeah. I, need, to, I need to go out and, and be around adults and have adult conversations yes that you brain can again. finish
0: an adult conversation you can actually finish yeah, yeah. that isn't disrupted with yeah. apple change or <laughs> anything like that so you went back to work you had adult conversation mm-hmm. used your brain yeah and how was that
1: horrendous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> horrendous but only because i was i was in a job that i really didn't love i had no mm. passion for i did it because you know i basically sold out because it was well paid yeah and it was what i knew Yep. Yeah. So, in your comfort
0: zone. In, so you stepped out of your parenting comfort zone yeah, into your work comfort absolutely. zone. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so at what point did you make a change? About a year or so into it, I
1: decided that I wanted to do more work in the local community. Mm-hmm. And I became a youth worker. Amazing. And um, part of the reason behind that was because there's so much, and there still is, but there was back then still a lot of um, violence amongst yep. young people. The whole yep. postcode thing Yep. Was still going on, you know, uh, kind of twelve years ago, and um, and I just realised, you know what, well, I'm I'm bringing up a young man in this environment. Yep. Can I affect change on on some level, you know, even in, even if it's just on some small scale? Yeah. I just felt I really felt the need to to give something back. So yep. yeah. So I made that change. Became a life coach. Yeah. Ran workshops for women and girls as well around self esteem and um, body image, and worked with women who were on low incomes and benefits, helping to boost their confidence to get them back out into the world. So that filled me up, that made me feel like I was contributing. Yeah.
0: And do you feel that when you were in a job that you weren't in love with, how did that impact you as a parent when you were at home, those few hours? that you had together each day. How did that impact you? Um, If you remember, I mean, it's like 15
1: years ago. I don't don't really remember, but knowing me, how I know myself and my personality, I probably was quite impatient and probably quite short-tempered a lot of the time because I was unhappy and miserable during the day and then you know the next day of coming home thinking oh all right i've got to go and do this all this again tomorrow and just yep. a bit stuck initially mm-hmm. before i kind of worked out what it is that i really wanted to do just yep. a little bit stuck
0: and do you think that impacted
1: on how you felt about yourself definitely definitely how i felt about myself yeah definitely had an impact
0: so how did you go from youth work life coaching supporting um young and vulnerable people within the community to being Hayley, the yoga guru. Okay. Well, first of all,
1: I would definitely not consider myself a guru. (laughs) (laughs) So I can see that you said that very tongue in cheek. Um, I had always practiced yoga since probably from the age of, oh, gosh, 21, 22. Yep. And, um, and for me, it was, it was actually my son's dad that pushed me into it. Um, so that's one thing, I ha- apart from my son, <laughs> to be really grateful to him for. Yep. I'd always suffered from depression and anxiety. And one day he said to me, I think you need to go and try yoga. I think it would really help you. So i was a bit like oh, okay all right let's just go and give this yoga business a yeah um a go so i remember going to this big chain uh, chain of gyms where they yeah. have held classes yeah. and um and just like flinging myself on the mat like a wet fish you know yeah. <laughs> but not really kind of paying much Respect or attention to the physical aspect. Just couldn't wait to get to the end where yeah. it was the meditation and then the shavasana. Where oh yeah, were... I know that feeling.
0: Yeah, any <laughs> <laughs> bit I go to yoga school.
1: Don't most people? <laughs> but um, but yeah. So it was it was finding that stillness in those moments. That's that's what I really really just you know yearned for. So um, so I practiced on and off over the years. Practiced. Um, Whilst I was pregnant yeah. and then whilst, when I was a stay-at-home mum I practiced with DVDs yep. Mainly Kundalini yoga because it's, it was a little bit more spiritual if you like yep. And, um, and it's just a, it was just a style that I fell into that I really enjoyed and So it got to, I guess, well, seven, nearly seven years ago When bizarrely I'd, I'd been down here to yep. visit one Christmas and, um, and I'd brought my DVDs with me and on New Year's Eve, as, you, as everyone yeah, does, yeah. right, 1st of January tomorrow, I'm going to start on my New Year, New Me stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to start my yoga on the 1st of January. And I woke up the next morning, New Year's Day, the first thought in my head, and this is no word of a lie, the first thought in my head that morning was, I'm going to become a yoga teacher. And it was almost like there was this conversation going on in my brain. <laughs>
0: Yes, we know we know these conversations Haley has in her own brain to herself. Which normally comes afterwards one of those laughs.
1: Yeah. what, the yes. <laughs> So yeah, so there was this one part of me that was saying, I'm gonna become a yoga teacher and then there's the other the other part in there going, Who are you kidding? Like there's no way you haven't even got the confidence to sit and talk in a meeting at work. How on earth are you gonna yeah. become a yoga teacher? Um bearing in mind at this point I'd I'd given up the youth work and the community work, and yep. i have gone back into property, which is what I yep. had been doing before because my circumstances had changed and yep. I'd left my son's dad. So um, so, I, you know, so there was this battle going on in my head and then you know, the other one was like, no, nope, I'm gonna become a yoga teacher. So I thought, oh, okay. So I grabbed the iPad, go downstairs, and I'm looking at yoga teacher trainings. And before I know it, I've booked myself on the first 500 hour um, training that I did and my life just completely changed from there, completely changed. Within six months I was qualified, um, my, uh, my assessor on my practical assessment said I get, had given the best assessment that she had ever seen in the whole time, that she'd been an assessor. Amazing. Yeah, and told me to get myself out there and teach
0: ASAP, oh, which I did. Amazing. Yeah. So where did you first practice? here or in London? So teaching. Like, uh, teaching,
1: yeah. No, so I was still, I was living just outside of London in Hertfordshire yep. at yep. the time and um, a, a studio, a hot yoga studio funnily enough oh. opened up about 15-20 miles away yeah. um, and they asked me if I'd go and teach for them. So um. yeah, so I taught, I taught I think five classes a week wow so it was a lot so at this point I'm working full-time okay I'm teaching five classes a week including a Saturday morning okay so as you can imagine life was starting to get a little bit hectic and a little bit on top at that point (laughs) because
0: obviously while doing all of those things you're still being a full-time mum yeah how do you get that balance especially being a single mother I mean I have my husband at home it's kind of useful at times. But, <laughs> do you know, if I if I am struggling, I can say, I need this help from you. Yeah. And it is there. Um, I think I have this, which many of us do, this feeling that we need to do everything. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people. And don't maybe ask for help. Yeah. And it's... A, but I shouldn't have to ask for help. But the reality is actually... We're not mind readers, and a subtle hint is not really helpful. They don't really get it. No. No. (laughs) Um, So, but you don't have that option. It is, you are a full-time, 100% mum to this little boy, who is not so little anymore, Um, as well as doing the yoga, as well as working full-time. How on earth do you find the balance? Right, well, I
1: actually, at this point, I was with my second partner to yep. so my ex partner yeah um and he was actually really supportive of the of the yoga training amazing um so on weekends when jaden wasn't with his dad yep he would look out you know look after jaden um he would take jaden to school in the morning before i went off to work and he um, would look after jaden until i got home of the night time
0: oh that's you know, amazing
1: and, Feed him, put him to bed. So yeah. I was really blessed in that sense. That you did that have that I did support. have that support yeah. from, from him. But that didn't stop me from feeling that I wasn't I wasn't a good enough parent at that time because yeah. I wasn't physically able to give Jay any time. And yeah. with us being so close, I think he yeah. really felt that. Um and I, I literally felt like I was treading water constantly, just trying to keep my head you know yeah. above the surface and just keep everything ticking over and that's mm. actually what led to us moving down here okay because it got to the point where i was like, enough is enough i i'm literally i cannot do this anymore yeah so you moved down here yes and what changes did you make so first of all i became completely self-employed yeah so i, I set up my business um from scratch not having known anybody in this area i didn't grow up no. around here um, even though I've got family down here, I yep. don't have a social circle. No. So, um, yeah, so I just kind of got myself busy, put myself out there and, you know, and built up my classes and, and you know, hopefully <laughs> my reputation, whichever way that might go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and, and here I am today
0: doing doing what I love. And being self-employed. I mean, people think, oh, self-employed is amazing because you can choose your own hours and you can do, you know, like take weekends off and weekdays off and... Actually, the reality is you are the HR, you're the accountant, you're the advertiser, you yes. marketing, you are, you are everything. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so that's still a hard balance to then try and find, because you're also still the housekeeper, the parent, yeah. you know, the cleaner and mm-hmm. the cook.
1: And I'm not around evenings. Yes. Because, you know, when I first moved down here, I was teaching Monday to Thursday evenings. So yep. I was out
0: four nights a week and yep. Saturday mornings. Yeah, that's how I was. Sp- no, I did Saturday mornings Saturday after mornings. for a bit. Yeah, that's some ridiculous time, like eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm not right. a morning person. It's not <laughs> great. So I met you when I was pregnant. Yes. So I had awful morning sickness, which then actually just lasted for the whole nine months, which was horrendous. Yeah. No. Um, and after trying. For such a long time to try and conceive, there was lots of negative emotions about the pregnancy mm. itself. And I was kind of, I, I went on maternity really early because the sickness was just so bad. I knew I wasn't going to go back to work Yeah. because I just had enough. Yeah. Um, and working in schools, so I just wasn't willing to spend all of my energy and effort on everybody else's children and forget about my own and we were in a very fortunate position that I could make that decision and so I came to your classes never really done yoga had this image of kind of people say oh you know yoga is relaxing and you kind of stand in some poses and things (laughs) um so before we talk about a little bit more about the different (laughs) stages of my experiences with Haley and her yoga. Can you tell me a bit more about <laughs> yoga itself? Because there's lots of different types of yoga. This is something I didn't realize yeah. I'd had one experience of yoga and it was like, I don't even know what I paid for. I kind of stood in some positions, but it, I had, it had no impact on my body. Yeah. <clears throat> I now know that's just cause it was the wrong class. <laughs> but, <laughs> so there, because you hold different types of yoga classes as well. So yeah. Yes, tell us a little bit more about the difference.
1: Okay, so yoga the... is a practice that dates back more than 5,000 years, and its it's its deepest, deepest roots lie in the practices of Tantra. Mm-hmm. And um, Tantra was a form of spirituality that was predominantly practiced by women. Okay. So this is why I love it, because it actually, it's got that whole goddess girl power element to it. But actually it's not really known that that's where its okay. deep-rooted history yeah. lies because most people think of yoga um, with, uh, alongside the Hatha lineage so the Hatha lineage of yoga which has thing, practices like Ashtanga and shivananda, and obviously Hatha and all that kind of stuff they associate with being very male-dominated because all of the gurus that came out of India were male. Ah. And yoga was practised as a way of... um, of helping teenage boys who were to become brahmin monks to basically contain their sexual urges. Oh. Yes. Okay. So it's
0: it's very much. So That's where the tantric sex type thing comes well, into. Well, no, the tantra the tantra
1: goes way 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 even further back in history. This is more recent history, but, but this is the history our, that people When remember. we think,
0: yeah, the, the our, mem- our association almost, yeah. I guess, so it comes from that. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so there are different lineages. Of yoga, so you have um, like I, I mentioned the hatha. Uh, you have raja yoga, which is the royal yoga. You have um, jnana yoga, which is the yoga of knowledge. Um, you have the tantra, um, tantric yoga, uh, which is not thousands of years ago. It was about sex and it was yeah. about initiation into this into the spirit through hmm. the practice of sex, um, which kind of had a little bit of resurrection you know, I think back in the 90s with Singh saying he practiced, you know, Tantra and all the rest of it, but it's just not very well, it's not something that's very well understood, but there's some amazing books out there on the subject, and Tantra, in essence, is all about the fact that everything in this world, including us, is made up of the masculine and the feminine, and it's this beautiful kind of balance of the two energies, which I absolutely love, and that's that's kind of one branch of um, Hinduism, the other branch is the more kind of Vedic side, which places the emphasis on the male so yep. the brahmin the vishnu the krishna mm. and that's where a, a lot of the the kind of more, more common practices of yoga that you see today stem from that okay lineage yeah. although they all have their roots still in the tantric yep. it's it, it's quite confi- it's also interwoven yeah. yeah but in terms of modern yoga what you'll find um if you went into any big city, any yep. kind of modern yoga um, studio, you'll find practices like vinyasa. So yep. vinyasa comes from ashtanga um, and it's all about kind of, you know, purposefully moving with the breath, placing poses, you know, in a specific way, moving within a cycle of vinyasa is a cycle. Yep. Um, ashtanga is a very common name. You'll see hatha, you'll see yin yoga, which is what I teach, um, which is... You know releasing the body working and with
0: the, that's a still so that's holding a pose yeah that's very introspective in for a longer period of time yeah no standing no it's it's mainly seated
1: postures and that's working on releasing the fascia which is the yep. connective tissue so it's a yep. very yin style of yoga mm-hmm. and then I teach vinyasa which is a very as you know a very <laughs> yang style yes. of yoga yes and um, But again, there's, there's so many other different, there's core power yoga, there's, and, um, so it's
0: not a gentle kind of calm, relaxing, just, you know, just chill kind of time. There are elements of it, but it's you're working your body actually very hard. There is physical benefits to doing it. Yeah. As well as mind. Um, and it's, obviously it's history, has got some, I guess, spirituality, would we call it? Absolute, of, well, absolutely. It's yeah. kind
1: of the core. It's Yeah, but that's what it was. It, yoga was a spiritual practice. Spiritual
0: it practice. It was always
1: a spiritual and meditation practice. And then what happened when the West basically colonized India, mm. we took our practices of gymnastics over to India. Okay. And then the Indian people mixed our practices of gymnastics with their practice of yoga to create
0: what we now, we now have see as yoga. in the
1: West as yoga. Oh, uh,
0: how interesting! Yes. yes, yeah. But you don't have to be spiritual
1: Absolutely in not.
0: any shape or form. Um, I mean, I'm don't I don't follow any kind of particular religion. I know my stepdaughter does, and she was a bit dubious about going because, for religious reasons. And actually, upon further research and experience, she realised that she can go and she can have that time for reflection Mm -hmm. and that time of kind of relaxation without it being a spiritual thing. So it's something that irrelevant i'm guessing of your spiritual beliefs absolutely that you can gain something from
1: yeah totally i mean i know lo- I, you know i've got lots of friends who are yoga teachers and i know of lots of other yoga teachers and we're all very unique and different in the style in which we teach some people do not bring any element of spirituality whatsoever yeah. into a class um you know some people might sprinkle a little bit in some people might place a real emphasis on it and i yeah. think for me personally because I like to teach what I would like to receive from a class myself yeah. and torture and <laughs> basically <laughs> um, and I you know I'm very much on my own spiritual path and yeah. and, and I share that because that's who I am as a person yeah. you know and the most important thing to me as a teacher is to stand up there and to be my authentic self to not yeah. try and be anybody else yeah you take from the practice what you want to take so if you wanted to you know you're interested in the stuff that i share you'll, you'll absorb it and you'll take it yeah if you're if it's not your 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 bag you won't Just and that's switch off yeah that and that's yeah. totally fine and, and everybody comes along and they get from the practice exactly what they
0: want mm. and what they need from the practice yeah so for me during pregnancy i went as I said, just someone suggested it, so I tried it, and I went the first time, and I came away, and I was like, I don't know whether I loved it or not. <laughs> like, I'm, like not, Marmite. I'm not really sure. I did, but the whole chant thing at the end was a bit, was a bit it, it is now one of my favourite parts. Yeah. But the first time I went, I was like, oh, it's a bit hippie for me, which people will laugh, because I am a breastfeeding, bed-sharing, baby-wearing mama. Yeah. Um, my mum I would probably describe and she would happily let me describe her as a bit of a hippie Um, and my childhood was a little bit hippie-esque but I just never saw myself as that kind of that kind of label of that kind of mother. so I I remember coming away, I really enjoyed the practice I wasn't sure about the whole end bit Um, but I went back And I think for me, it was about an opportunity to just stop and learn to breathe. Yes. (laughs) Because you've got this bump and I've got this sickness and like the anxiety that pregnancy causes. I mean, I don't think I've ever worried for so much for Mm. so long. Um, So it was really good for that. And I... I believe that it really helped with my labor and developing that strength in my body in preparing for birth yeah because I don't do exercise I'm not an exercise As come
1: to know yes kind <laughs> of person
0: cardio is not something I take part in by choice yeah so you know running after Joshua when he's on his bike is probably not by (laughs) choice but it's the closest I get to doing cardio yeah um so I don't do any physical exercise anymore I did when I was younger but not anymore so yoga for me was kind of an opportunity to prepare because everyone says you need to prepare your body for birth yeah um I read lots about hypnobirthing and things and I didn't really fully go down it again it was all a bit too hippie for me mm. now I probably would if yeah. now I know more and now I realize actually I'm maybe more of a hippie than I realized I was um so the breath and the strengthening of my body because I did I was very aware that women have been given birth since time began right and it's suddenly it seems like everybody needs assistance yes Mm-hmm. and i don't understand what we do into our bodies for that i know exactly where you're going with this yeah so i thought well i go with the yoga in mm. the preparation for my body i don't know I, I that was kind of my thinking behind it what benefits are there to doing pregnancy in doing yoga in pregnancy
1: oh well gosh well you kind of named them i mean the the first one is to keep yourself fit and strong yeah whilst you are carrying your your child yeah because at that point your body is changing yeah huge as you know yeah hugely you know immense changes are taking place on a daily basis so you know and not just you know and whilst those changes are taking place you're you're getting tired and you go through mm-hmm. first trimester where you're just dog tired second trimester you get your energy back again third trimester you know, the tiredness yeah. starts to creep back in as of obviously the baby's growing even more and you're and you're heavier. and um, so being able to maintain a certain level of fitness and strength at that point is absolutely crucial. And um, and also preparing you for birth, you yeah. know, that's that's the big moment, the final event, you know, and it's it's not easy. No. You know, it's not easy. You know, we have to you know push this help push Perhaps some of us if mm. that's the, the, the option that we took this being out of our bodies and that takes an immense amount of strength You know in a labor can last for days. Yeah, so you need to be able to really maintain that strength Yeah, so that's the physical aspect of it from the mental and the emotional aspect the breathing so yeah. the pranayama that we do in a in a kind of a prenatal class Really helps you to deal with any stress and anxiety that you have throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. But it also teaches you how to focus on your breath.
0: Yeah. How completely. to use your breath so much. Yeah.
1: So that when you come to labour, you know how to connect to your breath. Because completely. You'd be surprised by the amount of people out here that don't really know how to.
0: But connect you're not taught. But you're not taught it. So when you see films um, or TV programs and people are talking about you know birth and you see them with their like pants and do this. Yeah i did nct and i did nhs antenatal classes no one talked about breath yeah no one talked about breathing um and i kind of felt a bit underprepared by the whole thing yeah and i was really thankful for the yoga aspect of it because i was able to breathe away during my especially the earlier contractions because I had that and it's kind of like the focus and you do the kind of, you know, how does it feel in different parts of your body? You know, just check in with the different parts of your body and just breathing through and listening because I think we have fear of pain. And I would say until about six centimeters dilated, I had my waters broken for me. Um, so it was quite from very little to a lot quite quickly. So until was about six centimeters, that's the kind of the control that you can take over your breathing and your focus really helped reduce the fear of the pain and of the unknown. So it was, it was really helpful for me and I have quite a week back. And actually I am sure that the reason why I didn't suffer with any kind of additional, issues with my hips and joints and things like that is because of the yoga and I only practiced when I saw you because I am just not dedicated enough
1: but even that would have made such a difference and it it
0: was I mean it ended up being probably the highlight of my week um then I had Joshua and we did postnatally and I think the the need for yoga increased in me so I waited until after my six weeks check and yeah. then I think we were probably about 10 weeks before we started again. Um, and there was a need to go back. It was kind of like, okay, when can I go back? Yeah, body was ready. Yes. Yeah. And Joshua was with me. Oh, do you remember why they were all little yes, lying on the mat, like rolling around and stuff, feeding in various positions <laughs> and yes, um, Shavasana wasn't quite as enjoyable <laughs> because he was there, um. But, and it wasn't about yoga for him it was about yoga for us yeah but I had a very different respect for my body at that point and I think yoga really helped with that developing that different respect and for what your body's just done it's grown a person it's given birth to a person however you've given birth and it's still keeping that little person alive yeah. um but also your body's gone through a huge amount and it has a huge amount of impact so in carrying and obviously in yoga we have to be aware of the excess relaxing that we have in our bodies yeah, for sure um i had a huge amount of relaxing and i think it probably only really went about a year or so ago i feel and i noticed that from the poses yes so the position like the pigeon for example from after birth was something that Didn't really pull. It didn't. It was something I was able to just fall into very easily, quite (laughs) gracefully-ish. And then now it's something that it's still a pose I really quite like, but it's very different. It looks very different than it did before, and it probably changed about a year or so ago. Did you slow
1: down on the breastfeeding then? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That would be why.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it does have an impact on our body, and with feeding and with carrying and like the extra of relaxing and adjusting to parenting because you sleep in all positions and you yes. sleep in any place that you can, that's when <laughs> you get the any opportunity. Place you can get a five minute nap. <laughs> so there's lots of aches and pains and kind of like pulls and things and baby wearing really helped keep me in a good, straight position. That enabled me to carry my child without causing too much ache yeah. and pain. But so did yoga and so how can, so that was my personal experience for yoga. So. Postnatally, what are the benefits of doing the yoga just after you've had, after your six-week check from having your baby?
1: Okay, so prenatally, it's all about building the strength, preparing for birth. Yeah. Postnatally, it's about assisting the body, knitting itself back together, yeah. and repairing your strength yeah. to move forwards yeah. after going through the whole process yeah. of birth
0: and that's when the core stuff. The core comes stuff
1: is like, yeah, yeah, the core stuff is super 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 important. Um it's, you know, you've you've had your tummy muscles, your abdominals have been yeah. separated for 9 yeah. months, you know, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, the practice of yoga is phenomenal in helping to build core strength for anybody, but and it's, pelvic floor. And pelvic floor. Yeah. yeah. Um, for anybody, but specifically for for those who have just given birth and mm-hmm. who are you know everything's knitting back together again, and you want to increase that strength. So
0: if you've had if you're if you've had that split and it's still slightly split in yeah. your abdomen, yeah. can you still practice yoga? Are there considerations? Do you, are there certain questions you need to ask your practitioner? Maybe that they need to be aware of.
1: Yeah, you can still practice yoga, but you should not do any core work. Okay. Because, you're, because the, the abdominal wall has not knitted back together, yep. you know, yep. the, the muscle has not knitted back together enough for you to have that strength to carry any type of core work. Yeah. So even anything like a simple plank at that point is probably going to cause strain. too much strain yep. on the body. So you would need to wait until that's fully knitted before you be able to do yeah. that. You can still practice. You can practice just not not just not, not the core. core. Yeah, anything that's going to really heavily rely on you working your core. Hmm. And probably the best thing to do at that point is really place an emphasis on building the internal strengths so are working the transverse abdominis from the pelvic floor. Yep. So strengthening, toning pelvic floor work yep. will really help to... To, um, to
0: knit that back.
1: Yeah, it will help to build the strength on those really deep, yep. intrinsic abdominal muscles. And then you can start to work on the superficial ones, yep. you know, once they've knitted back knitted
0: together. Back. Amazing. So now, for me as a parent and parents in general... Um, Yoga has become my mental health must. (laughs) It's my (laughs) mental health medication. It's um, it's the time because as parents we don't get to stop. No. We don't. And being self-employed, you don't really ever stop. There's always new ideas that spark out. You're very much one of those as well. There's always new ideas. Oh yes. So that opportunity to actually switch off and just focus on you, your breath, your body. and I hurt days days. Haley is known as my hurty friend by <laughs> um, because on Wednesdays or Thursdays I generally hurt. Um, but it is it's so much about well-being. Why is that? Why is it? It has such an impact on well-being.
1: Oh gosh! Well, you you know you're working every single aspect of the body. So you come, you come to the studio, you do a physical practice. You feel like actually all I'm doing is a physical practice. I'm, Mm. you know, I'm working the, you know, the physical aspect of my body, and that's it. But actually, what you don't realise is that your focus on the breath, the concentration on the breath, is helping you to regulate your nervous system. Yeah. It's helping you to focus. Yeah. You know, the being in the present moment, because you have to really concentrate, as we know, when we're yeah. practicing, we're not thinking about anything else, so our mental well-being is being Don't influenced. fall over. You yeah. know, we're, we're in the moment, we're, yeah. we're fully present, we're fully engaged with what we're doing. Yeah, And then we have the meditation, which again helps to calm the mind. We have the breath work, which, you know which helps to bring everything back into balance, and mm. we have the relaxation at the end, which also just creates that energy that space for you to yeah. kind of absorb everything that you have just practiced. Yeah, and I know sometimes I can teach quite a strong flow, yeah. Um, and I know we joke about it, and I know sometimes I come out of there and I'm like, Oh my god, was that a little bit too much? Did I push them too hard? good, <laughs> but how i've always looked at the practice of yoga is that yoga is essentially it's not it's not what we do on a mat yoga no. isn't a downward dog it's no. not it's how you take all of the um all of the kind of the the strength the persistence the motivation the encouragement the focus how you take all of those things witty when you leave the mat and you take them off into the world and you put them into practice in your everyday life mm. that is the real practice of yoga so that's what i'm setting you up for can you hold a position where it's uncomfortable can you sit with your discomfort yeah. on the mat or stand with your discomfort yeah you know because if you can stand with it on the mat then when you go out into your into your life yeah. and an uncomfortable situation arises you've already learned how to sit with
0: discomfort
1: Yes. Yeah. so for me that's that is the beauty of the practice yeah
0: but it's discomfort, not pain. It's No, never it's, pain. It's, it's very that, different. It's yeah. a very different thing. And yeah. your classes have always been very respectful. And it's... You li- listen to yourself. Yes. And I almost... I mean, I've written on my little notes that when someone says to me, Hayley, what do you think? And I see strength. And I see self-care. um, And I see respect. Mm. Because you are teaching us to respect our bodies yes. and listen yeah. and i think in the busy world where we're thinking and giving for everybody else it's really easy to stop to forget yes 100%. about us yeah. and thinking about us and that respect for our own bodies really yeah i don't really think there's a question in there it was just more of a statement.
1: Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head.
0: It's, um, yeah, it's that kind of, that respect. And you always, do, you try and get us to teach us to listen and to respect our bodies. And I have learnt how I can adapt a pose. So you've almost, and I don't think I really realise it, that. I will adapt a pose if I hurt my knee from my lovely fall the (laughs) other day. And I, you know, before you even had to say, we just do a standing lunch, I was like, well, I'll just stand up instead of, you know, low lunch sort of thing. So you're giving us those skills to kind of think and adapt. Yeah. As I said, I see strength and self-care and warrior, really, when I see you. Would you how would you describe yourself in that way
1: um yes i would now yeah um i i think this this year has been a real turning point for me i turned 40 almost a year ago um and i knew that once i stepped into my 40th decade yeah. i would really find my power as a woman yep but the first the first part of this year i kind of thought where the heck is this going because yeah. I couldn't see it happening. I'm like, well, I'm expecting this kind of epiphany at some
0: point. Yeah, like we did when we turned 21 and yeah, 30. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, um, and as, the, as, the kind of, as we're coming towards the end of the year, I've kind of gone through a lot of internal processes and, and found myself on a women's retreat a few weeks back and realised, actually, you know what? I I really love who I am as a woman. I really feel empowered as a woman. I know what I want. I know what I don't want out of life. I know where I'm not willing to compromise. I know how strong I am. I've seen all of the things that I've gone through embattled within my life. So yes, I am strong and I am a warrior and you know, I own all of that stuff now. And no longer am I walking a path, I am my own path. Yeah. And for me that was the most amazing realisation of all. So yeah, so yes, I would agree with what you're saying. Yeah. The self-care thing, I still have to catch myself because yeah. obviously I with the job that I do, yeah. I'm giving yeah. all of the time. I come home, single mum, yeah. giving yeah. to my son, um, you know, like the stresses have changed. Now it's teenagers, GCSEs. So yeah. there's, you know, I support my mum next door, you yeah. know, who has a disabled husband, so it's like yeah. giving in all different aspects. Um So I have to catch myself sometimes and remind myself, remember what you teach, what you teach next door. You're telling people to fill their own cup up first. Yeah. So I'm like, right, what do I need to do for myself? Well, I'll take myself off out in nature. For me, that's the best way to fill up my own cup.
0: And it doesn't have to be long. Exactly. To be able to. Exactly. Our cups fill up really quite quickly. I think we underestimate that. It doesn't have to be a spa day or a weekend away from everything. Yeah. It, it, it can just be as simple as a cup of tea with a friend yes. or a little yeah. walk. Or... Ab-
1: yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be this big, expensive, you know, grand gesture that you need to give to yourself. It could just be a soak in the bath with a candle and a book. Yeah. You know, even that is self-care. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely.
0: And you are, you are very, when you talk, you're very passionate about the strength in women and as women our internal strength and actually supporting women finding that strength yeah or being reminded of it because I think finding is a bit patronizing yes maybe um it's remembering yeah remembering that strength Mm -hmm. what do you think has led you to be so passionate about that gosh
1: Well, I think, I think I always felt disempowered as a, as a female, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I've had a grown up with parents who were divorced. I've got a bit of an estranged relationship with my dad. Um, you know, I got myself involved in all kinds of nonsense when I was younger, um, hated my body, got involved in abusive relationships, controlling relationships, went through struggles with body image and an eating disorder which I suffered mm-hmm. with for most of my life um so I feel like I you know faced depression anxiety yep. you know self-harm all of that kind of stuff yeah and I think I you know all of these things led me to feel really really disempowered yeah as a female and I knew that this wasn't this wasn't right this 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 couldn't be right and on my my own kind of journey of self-reflection and self-understanding and personal development I kind of that term makes me cringe a little bit but for one yeah. thing, putting it another way yeah I started to really connect back to myself as a woman I started to understand the cycles that we have as women especially the menstrual cycle which nobody ever taught us about possibly yeah. depending yeah. on who, who your mum was but my mum never taught me that because she was never taught that so I had no idea I was holding all of this wisdom and knowledge within my monthly cycle mm. that I, you know I, I wasn't connecting to because I didn't know it was there. Yeah. So I think once I started to unlock all of those things yeah. it just it just made me feel like I need to share this yes. because I see this disempowerment in women all around me they don't know just how freaking powerful yeah. they are. So yeah, that really that really kind of kickstarted that whole journey, and this is just the beginning.
0: Yes, I can imagine. So anyone who is listening and can really resonate with what you have just said, that kind of the feeling before you kind of really found your power and strength. Yeah. Um, what would you say? What would you recommend as a starting point? What's the first thing or first couple of things that you would say? if that is how you feel if that is what you are experiencing, start here for me it would be charting your menstrual
1: cycle okay so if you are, are a menstruating woman yep. chart your cycle yeah just i mean there are various apps that you can yep. use so if you're a techie geek you might yep. want to use an app i prefer to use journals because i like the, the whole process of sitting and writing yep um but just start with day one of your period Yep. that's obviously day one of your cycle um, write how you're feeling physically, how you're feeling emotionally yeah. and write any other thing that comes to mind You know, yeah. you might want to link it with the lunar cycle and yeah. see how your body works in conjunction with them um, with that cycle yeah. and then once you've done that you'll start to see how the length of your cycles um, Each month it might may change or you may be dead on 28 days every yeah. single month. You know, everybody's different. Yeah, but after a good six months, you'll start to notice patterns yeah. within the cycle. Yeah. So within our cycle, we have seasons. So yeah. we have, so menstruation is our wintertime. Yeah. That's the time of going within, it's the darkness, we're sitting with the inner wisdom. Yeah. Okay. Springtime is when we're just, we're coming out of menstruation. So we're kind of pre-ovulation, we're starting yeah. to feel more outgoing, a bit more sociable. Yeah. We head into ovulation, which is full on blooming in summertime. you know, yeah. we're really we're social butterflies at this point, we're feeling really sexual, yeah. um, and then we head into autumn, which is the premenstrual phase, yeah. which is where we start, every, just like autumn, everything's yeah. starting to kind of calm down, die away, we're moving towards the stillness and the quiet. But what you'll notice within each of those seasons that we contain is that there'll be days where, ah, oh, at this point in my cycle, that's the best time for me to go out and hang out with my friends. Yeah. That day of my cycle, that's when I need to be indoors, just yeah. read a book and eat chocolate. Yeah. This day of my cycle, for me personally, I've noticed when I'm in my pre-menstruum phase, I have a massive clear out. It's like I have an a autumn clean, yeah. you know, once a month where yeah. I go go around the whole house, clean out the cupboards and, yeah. you know, do a big old clear out. So you'll start to notice the patterns within your own cycle. Yeah. And then once you understand your patterns and your cycle, you'll understand yourself
0: so much better. And then that makes, I would have thought, finding the self-care things that you need to do much easier. Yes,
1: because you can honour yourself. Because you can say, you know what? I know that week I'm going to feel crap because I'm premenstrual or because I'm on my period and I want to stay in and honour my energy. So
0: as a mother who didn't menstruate for the first two and a half years, of being a parent. I think that actually we still have a cycle yeah, absolutely. Even though you may not bleed, you may still yes. have a cycle. Yeah, just so if like you are you listening in menopause, yeah. you still have a cycle. It's not that yes. you don't have that journal, absolutely. just actually just keeping a journal of your feelings, yes. your emotions, all of those sort of things Yeah, and then finding that pattern and then fitting some self-care around. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And obviously, yoga will fit in there beautifully. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hayley It's been really lovely talking you. Oh, you are so um, welcome it's been my pleasure it's you know we normally only have little snippets in class and yeah. things that normally me cursing usually when you're Haley. misbehaving yeah. yes. <laughs> misbehaving or cursing Haley. um but yes it was really lovely and i'm sure there'll be lots of things that people can take away from what you have shared and i know that there are a couple of really good links and stuff um to the menstrual like tracking and things. There's a lady who has like a Facebook group Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, So I will, once I finally get round to writing up blog bits, I will find those links and stuff and share those too. So yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a carrying and Parenting podcast by Babywearing Southwest. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did why not spread the love and give it a share.